Welcome back to another episode of the Key in the Late podcast, the premier whiskey podcast without the mention of whiskey in the title whatsoever. We are uh, joined by two lovely guests this afternoon on a lovely Monday afternoon in the beginning or mid-April, wherever we're at these days on quarantine number day six, seven, eight, nine, ten, million, twelve. But all the way from Three Oaks, Michigan, as I'm sitting in Chicago, which is only about an hour and 20 minute drive, we have with us two guys from Journeyman Distillery, Matt McLean and Tom Ballage. Guys, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks for coming back on, Matt. Um, Tom, uh, we haven't seen each other in about a year since I wrote a story about you guys, but also thank you for coming on too. Yeah, sure. First question I have for you guys is, are, or is, I guess, um, are the golf courses open in Michigan? No, the Michigan courses are closed. Uh, there are a couple in Indiana nearby that are open, though. Okay, that makes sense, because guys from my building every Saturday are leaving our building with golf clubs, and I know all the courses around here in Wisconsin are closed, so trying to figure out where they're going to still, because Iowa is too far away, even though all of their courses are still open. No, I think a lot uh, in Northwest Indiana are open right now. One of our restaurant managers is, is playing golf a lot, so and he's, he's from Indiana, so. Gotcha, that makes a lot of sense, yeah, Indiana, just behind the times and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Because I guess they're real busy too, so uh, for sure. I could believe it on days like today. Now I know that uh, golf is a little bit intimate to your distillery, and as well with a little bit of the um, the putting green in the back area. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We're yeah, we're we're hoping uh, hoping things get back to normal so we can get out there and start playing. <laughs> awesome. Take your time on that. Like. It's all good. It just relates right into the first podcast you did with us. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, so if you haven't listened to, I think it was our second podcast we ever did, um, I was out at Journeyman writing a story for the Whiskey Wash, I think. I don't remember anymore now. But uh, yeah, and Matt and I recorded a podcast just above the distillery, and there was a lot of sounds in the background, so it brought you the real-life experience of what a distillery is in Michigan. Beeps and grinding. That's, that's about it. So the guys are live uh, from the from the distillery right now too. So you might hear a little interaction in the background just for all of you listeners. Yeah, they're uh, bot- we're bottling hand sanitizer literally about ten feet away from me on the right. So oh, you're My such fault. good. No, you're doing much better things in the world than most of us are doing by sitting at home. And working and such. But yeah, something we want to definitely get into. Um but we can sure, certainly get into a little bit about the distillery itself because we didn't get fully into it. I think the last time or give enough credit to um, what Journeyman has meant to craft distillery, not just in the Midwest, but in America all around by being one of the initial distilleries really, I think, take off and share what you can do as an organic distillery, um, making quality spirit out of quality grains and sending it out to not just the Midwest, but also parts of, the, of America too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think we're we're one of one of the real uh, earliest organic kosher distilleries out there for sure, and and pretty early on in the in the big movement. I think I think when we started there were about three hundred craft distilleries, and now we're, we're at like two thousand five. So yeah, it's kind of kind of going crazy. Yeah, still in this boom of distilleries popping up. Not as much, I guess, right now in this current period of time, but um, overall pretty much the same. Uh, yeah, but definitely, too, with your distillery, you have really a um, unique building and a lot of history that goes into the building and that kind of how <laughs> relates nicely into uh, what your distillery is all about as we have people walking by in the background. <laughs> <laughs> 
Beth, you want to talk a little bit about uh, the factory itself and kind of where you guys are as a home? Yeah, yeah. So the factory um, was built in the 1880s uh, as a corset and buggy whip factory by a man named P.K. Warren. Uh, so what he did was he came up with a more efficient way to make corsets using turkey feather uh, instead of whalebone. Uh, and a huge, hugely successful business. Uh, I had offices all over the world, but started here in Three Oaks. And a lot of the factory itself is still standing. Uh, and we rent it and now we're doing production we have several event spaces and we have a, a full service restaurant here as well it's interesting to note that ek warren was a staunch prohibitionist that's right um uh, we built a whiskey factory in his building so uh, <laughs> always in a point of uh, yeah he'd, he'd, he'd probably he'd probably be happier right now that we're doing hand sanitizer <laughs> than, than he has yeah. been over the last several years definitely kind of makes fits into the semi-prohibition that we're kind of currently in right now without bars and restaurants being open your bar being included into that too uh which has probably been a little bit of hit to um, the economy in your small town in michigan as well yeah for sure it's it's pretty noticeable you know seeing all the all the bars and restaurants close not just us um but yeah you know it's it's been a pretty pretty big change for everyone yeah how have you guys adjusted with that as a company what's it have you been closed for what a little over five weeks now yeah, it's something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's been about five weeks. Uh, yeah, we, you know, we, we've adjusted pretty well, and, and we're lucky that we have the sanitizer uh, side of things going, and, and it's really helped, you know, recoup some losses and, and keep things moving uh, for, for most of us here. And uh, we have been opening uh, up until, up until now, we've been opening every Saturday, giving away some sanitizer to the community, selling bottles uh, out the door. And now we're open every day selling sanitizer out the door and bottles. So um, we're able to do that. We're not doing any food or anything like that, uh, but but we are still selling some whiskey and, and we're getting getting a lot of sanitizer out the door as well. Nice. And initially, were you just making it for uh, healthcare workers and frontline workers? Yeah, so it kind of went. So initially we were like, hey, let's let's have some a small amount of bottles. We'll give give it away, um, see how how the demand is, and then it pretty quickly blew up to oh, we need to do 100 gallons, <laughs> 500, to 1,000 gallons. Yeah. And, now yeah. I think we're we're at we're at like 12, 13,000 gallons so far that we've made and, and, and shipped out, um, and and it's been it's been to everyone from you know hospitals to individuals to uh, nursing homes uh, special needs places uh, businesses. Power, power plants businesses yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty much anybody in the field um that, that needs sanitizer we can we can accommodate it yeah and before all this even took place which i think we shut down on march 15th 16th something like that um i know personally i wasn't taking the virus as an international threat so much to how it's going to affect us domestically here in the States. I was even at a whiskey festival in Denver on March 13th with 250 people to kind of put it into context uh, of what was happening and how I don't think the government was not taking it serious because they did to cut the event down from 500 to 250, but still a lot of people. And the next morning on the 14th of March, when I was flying home, there was maybe 15, 20 people on my flight that was supposedly sold out at that point. Were you guys as a company um, anticipating any of the effect on the distillery before this, or is it just kind of like everybody else caught up in it all when it finally hit? It was like a big swell. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that we realized what it was going to be early on. Um, we, we were like probably the week before we started seeing that things were getting getting a little more serious than we had anticipated, and our owner Bill was actually in Australia leading up Shit. until the 13th. So. Um, 
or fifteenth, right? So, so he was on a flight back when we, the state gave the order that we needed to shut down the restaurant. So it was a pretty pretty rough homecoming for him. But, uh, but yeah, yeah been every kind of learning as we go and how to progress here. Um, so when did the talks begin about making hand sanitizer? Uh, pretty much, it was that. They, they, yeah, almost, almost right away. I, I think I'd gotten a few texts from a couple distillers and, and people who knew me seeing articles of other distilleries doing this. And um, so we looked into it. We were like, yeah, let's do this uh, in a real small, small volume at first. And then we, we realized how, how strong the demand was. And we were like, well, yeah, let's just try to knock out as much as we could. You know, we have a really distinct advantage being able to make alcohol, which there's a shortage in the, in the field. And I think that's the biggest issue right now in getting sanitizer to everyone. Yeah, it probably helps too with you being a distillery that's familiar with ethanol or with corn versus some other distilleries that might not use corn that much or have to readjust their systems um, to producing it. Obviously, you have to do a little bit of tweaking, I'm sure, to make the um, the coded laws of the WHO and everything like that, but it probably helps out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, we're, we're you know, we make our vodka uh, strong enough to be used. Uh, to make it a vodka, obviously. So, uh, yeah, we're able to make the sanitizer alcohol pretty easily as well. Or still has that capability. Have you had to adjust uh, production at all when it comes to anything tweaking with the stills or anything like that? No, um, not really. I mean, we just switch from making whiskey for the most part to just strictly making vodka. Mm. Uh, so, basically, we've been doing a bunch of stripping runs and doing a bunch of finishing runs, whereas... Normal production, we'd only make vodka pretty much to order. Um, whenever we were out of stock, we would make it. So probably every couple of weeks, every every month or so. But now we're just making it every week. Um, and that's that, that's the base for the sanitizer for the most part, yeah. Gotcha. Have you had, and I think you uh, texted me a picture today of making some Oberon, um, making sanitizer from Oberon. Are you having other companies reach out and help you with that, supplying products? Yeah, just a couple. Uh, Bells, Bells was the biggest one that reached out. They were, they were really quick to reach out and said, "Hey, whatever we could do to help, let us know." And you know, we were trying to think of what what could be helpful. And and I asked them, "You guys have any beer?" And and they were like, "Yeah, we got it. We have a ton of beer. As much as we could ever need." So we said, "Stuff. Um, we're gonna we're gonna distill some Oberon that they sent us and um, give them the sanitizer from that. They're gonna donate it." Uh, to people in need in Kalamazoo, so that's going to be really cool. And then we've had a lo- local brewery, uh, Tapestry, reach out. They have some beer that they're getting rid of as well, so we're getting a couple small batches with that. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the support has been very, very overwhelming. That's awesome. It's cool to see. I was talking with Mike from Koval on Friday, and they had like maybe 16, 20 breweries in the area that were just bringing them stuff. Like Goose brought a big tanker in. For real, man. They got breweries all around them. Right, right. It should be it should be helping out that way. Yeah. But even like some of the smaller guys that are just hanging on by a thread, they are still giving them some product too. So it's nice to see the community support from that. Yeah, for sure. And even like uh, talking with the Blum Brothers a couple weeks ago, they were the first ones that um, maybe one of the first two distilleries I talked to, but they really sparked it in my mind, the thought in my mind that competition's kind of gone when it comes to distilling, even though it's a pretty tight-knit community in the first, uh, first place. But now it's all about how can we get – uh, hand sanitizer to the front lines and forget about anything that's kind of petty or competitive based and just work together all on this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're, I think the craft distilling industry is a great industry in general, but you're really seeing it more now. 
in, in the times of need, everybody coming together and just try to get, get, get this out there and, and help people. Have you guys thought about it? Like just yourselves, how the person, the personal effect that you're having on your community, like the great work that you guys are doing, has it changed your mindset of distilling it all? Uh, it certainly makes it easier to come into work every day. I think, you know, I've, we've been working ourselves ragged here, but it's, <laughs> but it's, worth it you know like you don't feel you don't feel like it's a burden or anything i definitely feel like a sense of pride mm -hmm. for sure um even when the days go long and you know i think we're tom and i are both happy to stick around and make sure that all the work gets done for sure yeah definitely understand that has it so you have been working more hours than usual yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've had a day off this month yet but hey <laughs> we'll get a couple days off well, it's amazing support that you guys are showing. So I guess it's probably worth it for a good cause that way. Part of me is like, oh, I'd rather have be working every day than sitting at home working, I guess, every day and staring at computers and just writing emails and waiting for the next phone call and team meeting and all that kind of stuff. But thankful to still have a job, at least. For sure. I, I mean, I, that's what I say every day is, you know, there's tons of people out of work right now. At least we're, we're doing something and we're helping people. Uh, you can't really ask for anything more. I don't uh, when it comes to supplies, I know that's been a big issue for people just getting supplies to actually bottle things and take the next steps to even making this happen when creating the hand sanitizer. Was that a difficulty for you guys as well? Yeah, I mean, the, the distilling part was easy because we're already doing that. Yeah. But the tough part was the logistics of, you know, getting the, the other ingredients in, the peroxide, the glycerin, the bottles. The bottles have been the biggest bottles challenge because there's just a shortage of plastic all throughout the country because of the demand for this. So um that yeah that the logistics there have been tough um but we've made it happen uh to the best of our ability and and we're shipping this stuff out as fast as we can what we do you bottle good we, we, i was just saying we were testing putting stuff in like milk cartons and stuff like <laughs> all kinds of crazy stuff yeah yeah uh one of my buddies was like has anybody tried putting them in um a tetra packs those juice boxes <laughs> in juice boxes he's asking me if anybody's tried that i'm like i don't know whatsoever I that. yeah i don't know if they're like burned through them or something like that <laughs> who knows but he's like yeah i mean if you're sort of jump plastic just go that route um seems a little crazy to me <laughs> so what have you been bottling in mostly uh we so we're, we're bottling half gallons mostly um for sale here at the distillery we've been giving away little four ounce bottles uh and and so for the half gallons we started with just like a plastic half gallon handle that you see like any liquor bottle in because uh, we had those in stock and so we we worked through our suppliers inventory of those now we're using uh half gallon jugs like you would use for windshield wiper fluid uh we're, we're using those now and uh we're also selling five gallon pails uh 55 gallon drums uh and totes as well i'm assuming those are probably all being bought up by medical supplies pretty quickly yeah yeah, yeah a lot of bigger companies that are going that route definitely is that local or even national as well yeah, we've shipped all over the country, um, from California, Utah, New York, uh, tons of different places. So do you have wider distribution on hand sanitizer than whiskey at this point? I think so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's just a little intro into new markets. Like, oh, we'll be back in a few months with whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, so when did you start um, selling to the public? Well, uh, I think we started the week of like March 20th around there okay. uh, and we were doing all pre-orders at that point. 
uh, and you know, ordering the orders went crazy. So if you ordered online, it was like a two week lead time to when we would have it ready for you. Um, and now we've kind of caught up to being able to just sell out directly out the door or like a next day pickup if you order online, which is awesome because we can get it out there to people who need it as soon as possible. Cool. And you've been doing the Saturday, is it Saturday giveaways, what you're calling it? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been doing that uh, every week, and now we're just kind of doing it daily. Um, Oh, you are? Yeah, so now we're giving away uh, some of those four-ounce bottles every day. Uh, We're selling the sanitizer out the door every day, um, and also our bottled whiskey and and spirits. Um, But yeah, the Saturday pickups were great. Um, We also had 40% of everything purchased put back into our employee fundraiser, uh, and so all of that money went to supporting the employees who were laid off during this mostly in the restaurant yeah yeah go ahead and please uh talk about that i mean you have a very very big restaurant to have inside of a distillery along with event spaces um hotel space as well correct and kind of everything that goes along to making a really great experience when you come to the distillery you can have a truly like overnight experience with that or if you're getting married there that how it affects your company too so what we retain about 15% of our staff. Yeah, yeah, initially, yeah, initially. Um, we have over 100. Yeah, initially, we're, you know, we laid out, we had to lay off all of the restaurant employees, the events employees, and um, and a good, a good deal of the pro- production employees. And then pretty quickly, once we realized the sanitizer was going was gonna to be a, a lot of work, we brought all the production staff back and a lot of office staff and, and also some retail uh, as well. And so, yeah, we've been able to bring back 15 to 20% of our employees. And then also on these Saturdays, uh, we did 40% fundraiser for all the employees that were laid off. I think the first weekend we did $13,000 that we raised for them. Wow. Uh, just from, from, from the sales and, and donations and tips, which was awesome. And, um, and then I think the next week was like 10000 So, yeah, I mean, it's been a huge help for them, and, and they're very appreciative of it. Yeah, that's amazing. That's really cool to see because I'm sure, like you said, everybody's being affected by this, especially in a smaller community like yourselves where it's so immediate. Um, You can see the ripple effect so quickly versus maybe bigger cities. But everyone around here seems to be kind of rallying together around um, the restaurant coalitions, trying to raise money, uh, smaller distilleries that are also producing by donating to them so they can produce more and more product uh, so they can actually get it out there to frontline workers. How, uh, how else has the community responded? Do they ask, people are asking, like, can we donate? Can we come help bottle? All those kind of responses. Yeah, yeah. I got a lot of bottling requests. <laughs> requests. Uh, you know, we had a lot of different companies reach out, which, which really helped with the logistics of everything, getting boxes and, and packaging supplies and all that. You know, we said, hey, we heard you're doing sanitizer. What can we do to help? Just let us know. And, and that's been, been a huge help there. And then we've had a tremendous amount of support from the, from the town itself. Um, you know, just just being happy with what we're doing, the police helping direct yeah. traffic on these Saturdays, because it'll get pretty crazy um, with all the cars. We were doing curbside pickups so we could do social distancing. And there was a line like a mile, a mile down the road. Down, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going through the entire town. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I was wondering, because I've seen some drone shots of other distilleries doing you're doing on the weekends, and the cars just wrapped around for like blocks and blocks where they can't even fit the whole, the whole, uh, um, shot of every car into the actual image. So it seems like you're getting that kind of response to it as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was, it was crazy response the first couple weekends. And, and uh, yeah, we were really, really thankful. Nice. Is there going to be a Four Kings collaboration of hand sanitizer? <laughs> Barely. Sure, uh... <laughs> I only ask because I'm drinking some right now. 
<laughs> yeah, we might have to put something together. There's been a lot of barrel-aged hand sanitizer jokes yeah. that, have, that have gone around. Yeah, definitely. People are, I know I've already seen things on the internet, people trying to collect hand sanitizer bottles for, like, the future, you know, when you talk about like prohibition bottles, you can have hand sanitizer bottles in the future, 100 yeah. years from now, yeah. as a rel- relics of the past. Pull out of the old cellar. Yeah, pull out a, pre, a pre-COVID <laughs> sanitizer bottle, it'd be worth a thousand bucks or something. <laughs> it was funny when I, when, before I, I was already reaching out to you, Matt, to have this conversation, Marty Duffy, our dear friend, ah. emailed, emailed me, he's like, hey, have you talked to the journeyman yet? Because they need to talk to everybody about there because they're doing some awesome stuff and, you know, they have to lay off a lot of people and it'd be really great to show what they're doing for the community. I'm like, oh, don't worry, Marty, we're already on it. Yeah, it's good. It's great to have support like that. I mean, people's just looking out for you, you know? Yeah, I agree 100% because there's, it's really crazy to see how people have been donating. If bottle companies are donating to people, label companies are donating labels for people to have on their, um, on the bottles as well, because most people aren't really getting too fancy with it. Maybe putting their logo on there very discreetly, but nothing too fancy. Yeah, you know, we're, yeah, very generic labels on our end too, you know, we're, normally you go through all these painstaking efforts <laughs> being nice label to get the texture you want all that stuff we're just like whatever print it off we're good Slap it on. Just throw it on there yeah. we're uh the michigan laws easy was it the government easy to do kind of as transfer through everything uh, i know most distilleries said it's been it was i mean it's amazing to show how it's sped up when you need the products to be actually out there um for a mass support of communities was it hard for the michigan government to, to work with uh, or no, easy no. Michigan, Michigan government was pretty quick to adopt the FDA uh, guidelines, um, and you know the TTB has been great through this whole thing as well. Uh, so any anything sanitizer related is getting pushed to the forefront, uh, and and it's happening way quicker than it ever would have otherwise. Right, I've heard so many compliments with the TTB recently. I'm like, I don't think I've ever heard one compliment in my entire career working in the industry. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, it's all you know. It's funny, it puts these things in perspective for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, what's the what are the laws been like for uh, liquor stores in Michigan? They're still open, correct? Yeah, liquor stores are still open. Um, and yeah, I, I think they're doing really well. You know, it's forty percent up or yeah. something like that. Yeah, I think I saw. I mean, at least beer related, I saw like the first week of quarantine, beer sales were up like thirty percent in the whole state or something. And you know, it's um, you know, it's a, it's a crazy time. Nobody would ever thought liquor stores would be booming right now too, but you know, people people uh, want to stock up. Yeah, had the local support of stores around your area still been whiskey sales been kind of doing all right? Yeah, yeah. As far as I know, um, you know, we we uh, we've been selling pretty well out of our place when we've been open, um, and it'll be interesting to see since now we're open every day uh, how the whiskey sales go through through there as well. Yeah, um, I know you guys have always been you know developing new products and working on new things. Was there anything that's going to have to be uh, pushed back a little bit because of all this? Uh, I don't know that anything will be pushed back, at least not. It depends how much longer this goes, I suppose. But, um, yeah, I think right now we're, we're kind of in a time where we didn't have anything planned for immediate release, right. uh, but we are still able to get any of our future products out there. Um, we've, we've done a – we actually did a – we're doing a cool release in July for our Courses Switch and Whiskey uh, party, which we have every summer, 4th of July weekend. And we have our course in Switzerland whiskey, which is our cash strength wheat. So we wanted to do a spin on that. And we got a Bourbon County Stout Barrel from Goose Island, uh, put it in there to finish. And we, we tried a few samples, and it's phenomenal. So we're excited <laughs> that one. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Are you still planning on that happening then? 
yeah, as, yeah. Far, as far as, I mean, I'll, again, depends on how things progress, but, you know, as long as, as things get back to normal, at least somewhat, we, we don't, we're hoping to have it. What's the talk been around there about things kind of, for, like, you know, initially slowly going back into normalcy? Yeah, I, I've heard, I was hearing today that they're looking at possibly opening outdoor activities starting May 1st, for sure, um, and, and maybe easing into the restaurant kind of things. Um, well, we've kind of, you know, th- thrown around ideas of maybe just opening outdoor seating to people, having the restaurant open for that and, and the bar. And at least we have the putting green out there to attract some people as well. Um, so, you know, just kind of throwing out ideas. But whatever we can do to, you know, get the business back open at least somewhat would be awesome. Yeah, yeah I was in a Skype, like, happy hour, which was like three and a half hours on Saturday night to like one o'clock in the morning which led to, you know, a lot of drinking at that time with some influencers and such and some also other whiskey reps. And there was some talk that Binnie's was planning on doing their Whiskey Week events um, in July. So it was kind of, a, yeah, it was a nice little bit of uh, hope, you know, a little bit of light under, at the end of the tunnel trying to think about, okay, so if they're maybe doing it in July, things might progress into normalcy by June 1st, let's say, and maybe by, you know, late summer, fall or time we're actually seeing more of our restaurants and bars filled up because i would assume when we open back up everything that it'll be lower capacity rates for most bars and restaurants it won't be just like all right doors are open fly in yeah yeah that's i mean that's what we you know we talked about that too i mean we have a pretty big size restaurant you know so we could do something where if you only are letting 50 people in we could still be still be open and still yeah. you know practice some good social distancing yeah you have a Nice space for all of that. How has this affected your production schedule for the future? If you're wanting to create, or just even creating your, you know, your uh, your core products. Uh, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna. I mean, we're happy doing the sanitizer right now, but it is gonna definitely put a gap in some of our age spirits, you know, a little bit down the line. Uh, but you know, we're gonna once we, as soon as we can, get back to it and, and try to close that gap as fast as possible. Um, but yeah, it's definitely going to change things, you know, with how whiskey works, everything's years, years out. Um, so, you know, you know, I'm sure we'll see it in the industry as a whole, a big kind of short, 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 short for a lot of people here. Yeah. I'll be interested to see how, like with certain companies, barrels are claimed that these like relishes and relics of the past and like, Oh, these are the ones that were, you know, bottled or barreled right before COVID hit, or these are the ones to skip over and, see if they could go drive up prices, kind of like things are doing right now when it comes to rare bourbon finds. Yeah, you know, we, uh, we definitely, we definitely uh, made a mark of which barrels we filled during the, during the crisis, so <laughs> we'll remember them. Yeah, it's, it's been interesting, too, over the last, you know, starting to have these conversations about a month ago or so with distilleries talking about, hey, we want to support, we want to do as much as possibly can. And now a little bit of the conversation with these distillers is shifting to, kind of has to get back to making products so we can keep our lights on um, at the end of the day too. Is that kind of where you guys are leading to as well? Yeah. 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 We, um, I was just talking with Bill, the owner uh, the other day and he made, a, he made a comment, which I, I totally understood and, and, and believe, uh, you know, we we're, I was like, Hey, we're almost out of this certain product. What do we need to do? Should I, should I shift focus from the sanitizer to this? And he's like, nah, I mean, we're in the sanitizer business for now, but we're in the we're in the whiskey business for you know the next yeah. 20, 40 years. <laughs> I think we should prioritize the whiskey there, you know. So, but it's hard to you have to find the balance in between what's um, responsible financially, what's 
best for the community, what's good for you guys. So that's where we're trying to toe the line now. And hopefully here soon we can start to shift back to a whiskey story. Yeah. yeah. Do you think um, your products will, you know, age a little bit longer because of this? Yeah, I think so. I mean, looking that way, it, yeah. That, yeah, I mean, you know, we, I think it's good. It's going to be great for some products because, you know, hey, maybe they needed a couple more months in the barrel, or, you know. But And then I think also we need to, we'll need to check, start checking on some barrels soon and make sure they're not getting too old uh, and, and, you know, make, make the call at that point. Yeah, it'd be interesting because if this goes on, it progresses further. Um, you know, we're getting into over months, which has a nice effect on barrels traditionally um, after a cold season. So maybe they can make some products that are a little bit tasting a little bit different for some distilleries. Yeah, that, that's all a good point there for, for sure, especially in the smaller format barrels, which we do still have the five gallon and some 15 gallon barrels. I think the warm the warm weather is just definitely going to help them where they may not have gotten that if we were still cruising at full speed. Have you transitioned mostly over to 53 or are you still at 30 as well? Yeah, uh, we're, 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 we're uh, harvesting 30s now almost ex- exclusively, and um, the 53s is what we're ma- mainly filling. And then we do, you know, we always have the Silver Cross in the five-gallon barrel. I think we'll always have that in that small format, but mainly uh, most of our line is in 53-gallon barrel barrels now. Nice. Have you uh, also seen kind of the, ex- I know you're not wedding planners or anything like that, or event planners, but people kind of uh, rescheduling their events in the summertime, like shifting towards later dates? Yeah, uh, we yeah I think we've only gotten three cancellations like cancellations out of this. Everything else has been rescheduled, which is great. You know we're we're happy with that. You know we want to we want to put on these events and, and help these people have their weddings. Um, just you know sucks sucks for those people that had them during this time. I couldn't imagine that having to you know halt such a big life event for you. But um, but yeah the, the the support I think it's been everyone's kind of understood where we are and it's not our fault or anything. So. I think the people are happy. Yeah, I hope there's like one thing people take out of this whole thing is letting like that selfishness, selfishness wipe away from you a little bit and focus more on your community. Um, I know Mike and I talked a lot about last week how we could uh, you know all learn to help our community, the world out a little better by helping our community, our, our you know our immediate community, and then hopefully that's spreading out to the rest of the world with all of this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, we're seeing that here uh, already. I think. Um, and yeah, I think, I think the important thing is to not lose sight of that once things get back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of normal, kind of how things have changed when people come to the distillery, are you mandating masks or gloves or anything like that when they pick up bottles or anything? Um, I think we're just basically following regular social distancing practices. I mean, we don't require people to wear masks when they come in, but we've seen most everybody actually have masks and gloves when they come in, which is which is great as a community, and we see people actually putting in an effort to keep people safe. Um, but for us, we're just doing regular social distancing. Yeah, and we have we have plenty of sanitizer on hand. Yeah. <laughs> good point. Yep. I just douse my hands in methanol all the time <laughs> every day. It's really good for my skin. <laughs> Clears it all right up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was wondering, Matt, like if you do you have like any hesitancy at the end of the night, like going home, like when you're working every day with, you know, with a family? Um, for the most part, I mean, we're pretty much working, I mean, I'm almost exclusively working in the distillery, and I don't, I mean, I don't have a lot of huge contact with people, I mean, not, not really, no, I don't, um, like I said, we have enough sanitizer on hand to, to, to kill anything, so I'm not super worried about it, 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you guys think that you could potentially be shipping supplies internationally when it comes to hand sanitizer? Uh, we have looked into it. Uh, we've had a few inquiries. Um, I don't know that they've gone anywhere yet, um, but we're open to it. You know, if, if I know there has been some people in Canada. I think someone reached out from Belize the other day. So yeah, I got a shipping quote for them. I haven't heard back yet, but I mean, <laughs> we're happy to do it if if they're if they're if they're uh, able to wait for it or or you know get it get it out. But um, but yeah, we have been shipping. I think we're going to ship some to our distributor in Illinois this week too. They're going to sell some uh, down down in Illinois to some stores there. Um, so yeah, we're open to open to spread it out as much as possible. That's awesome. I'll look for it on the shelves here. <laughs> um, no, but it is interesting. I mean, I don't want to be too much of a capitalist, but I'm trying to find the silver lining in all of this. And just like, oh, if you know you're shipping to new places, people will remember those names that came out and help you hopefully in the future when you're trying to get into new markets. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it says journeyman on it, you know, and so I'm sure they'll, at least to some of them, it'll stick in the back of their mind and they'll be like, hey, this, we've had people reach out and say, it was like wives of um, frontline workers saying, oh, my, my, my husband's company said they were out of hand sanitizer. I was so worried for him. And now we heard that you guys supplied them with some. Thank you so much. You guys are the best. And I think that's going to resonate with a lot of people and, and they'll think about and when we get back to normal and they want to go out for, you know, a night out or see our see us on the shelves. Now, that's an amazing point. I didn't think about that way where, you know, families are reaching out to get supplies for their their, fam- their, their family members who are on the front lines. Because I know I have had friends in L.A. that are doctors saying how they're, much, how they're shorted uh, on supplies, short on meals as well. And anything that they can basically get for just to like have like a 10 minute break when it comes to eating food or making sure they have like some hand sanitizer in their pocket when they walk home, um, just to have that extra precaution at the end of the night. Um, not nonetheless worrying about what's happening, um, in the hospitals, but making sure they can take every precaution necessary before they get home and interact with their families. Yeah. It's been interesting for me too. Um, I've had family members I haven't talked to in years reach out looking for hand sanitizer <laughs> people I haven't talked to since high school who are in the healthcare profession reaching out and discussing hand sanitizer. So it's in a weird way, this whole thing that separated us is like actually kind of brought back a lot of people uh, into our lives. Mm. I found that kind of, you know, interesting and, and yeah. Just funny how things work, I guess. Yeah, it is funny how certain people come back into your lives when you have one of the uh, greatest S fork uh, accommodations in the entire world right now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what's uh, what are some like more positive things that you guys are working on or have been working on talking about as a distillery before all this hit, and hopefully you can lead to after it's all uh, subsides. Uh, I think our biggest thing on the distilling end is we're we're still progressing and working on getting our second location open in Valparaiso, Indiana. Uh, that was uh, really, I think we were going to really get going into there right around when this all started. So that's kind of been put on hold. We, everything's still going forward, but that's going to be our main focus uh, from, from this point on once we get back to the whiskey. I think we want to work on getting a bottling line down there, some, some new barrel storage put together, because uh, we're running out of space pretty rapidly, like I'm sure most people in the industry are. But... <laughs> That's our biggest challenge uh, going forward from here is getting another location, figuring all that out. 
Yeah, I've been a lot of the distillers I've talked to as well. It's like you said, it's been a challenge of um, amount of square footage you have to actually continue production and, and everything that goes along with distilling, which is great to hear. And hopefully that can continue after all this and we'll have a deep, deep impact where we see this uh, whiskey boom maybe potentially uh, burst, if you will. Um, hopefully it doesn't because it seems like people have big plans for the future. Um, like yourselves, is the Valpo location just going to be production mostly and storage? Uh, no, we've got a lot of crazy plans for it. Oh, so, all right. Yeah, we're, we're going to uh, have a brewery there as well. Uh, full service restaurant and bar like we do here. A boutique uh, hotel. Boutique hotel. Ooh, are you running that, Matt? Huh? Are you going to run the boutique hotel? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's my endeavor, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think a movie theater um, and uh, several more event spaces. So there's, it's going to be really cool. So there, we're, we're mean, excited for it. There will be a still there. Um, yeah, we'll, we will be distilling as well. So okay. For the most part, our, our main production was at notes. Um, since it is already set up to handle our capacity that we're doing now and double. Uh, so everything's set up here, so we're still going to pretty much also be, for the most yeah. part, just still in here. Yeah. Will you be having a handle on the brewing, Matt? Um, I will probably have some input, um, but we'll probably be look, looking to hire somebody that will primarily do that. Nice. Now I'll be underneath the, the Journeyman logo. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we're gonna have a different name. I think it would be beneficial. I think people know Journeyman, uh, so I think it'd be beneficial to have have, have it associated. Might have like way. another name at the Journeyman yeah, or something yeah. like that. I don't know. Yeah, that's like, all. That's all above my pay grade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, it's like changing the pod, the podcast name. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, any anything else that's um you guys are kind of looking forward to in the future with the company? Yeah, I'm looking forward to making whiskey. And it's weird now, like I get emails that are about the whiskey production, and I'm like, why, why would anyone care about that right now? I got all this other stuff going on. Yeah, Bill said, something about, Bill said something about gin the other day, and he's like, hey, you remember uh, what gin is, what Bach is? And I was like, yeah. I was wondering about that because I've still seen companies release new products during this last five, six weeks. And I'm kind of wondering, especially the smaller scale distilleries, and, well, is it really worth it? Is that necessary right now? I understand if you've already had them bottled and they're not in the barrels or you just don't want to barrel them for anymore. Sometimes you have to get them out for you know, your marketing budget purposes, but it almost seems in like bad favor in a way. Like bad taste. Yeah. 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 yeah we, I mean, I guess we have, I mean, we're still getting orders for, from a few distributors because you know, stores are open and maybe it's, maybe it's a way for some people to test the market slightly without overwhelming themselves. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that wasn't really anything we've looked at at this point. Yeah. I know. Cause the retail stores, like you said, you know, 40%, 35% with certain products, I think Illinois really still is 55% up in increase in sales. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, the first I've said this before in the last couple of podcasts, but I'll just let you guys know. The first Monday of the quarantine, um, my Benny's in Lakeview, they did $100,000 in sales on that Monday, and they typically do about $30,000. Wow. So, yeah. 
it's in my little liquor store in my corner. They said every nothing, no day is like crazy, but every day is way up. And they every day is kind of like a like a Thursday night for them. So like nothing too crazy, but pretty consistent in sales. People coming in, spending two to three hundred dollars sometimes, stocking up on things instead of going back outside. Um, so I understand, I guess, why certain distilleries would test the market to see like, hey, maybe this product will go. But I don't think if you're, it almost seems like comfort brands are the ones kind of flying off the shelves versus our smaller brands. So, I don't know. Kind of seems where you want to go, but it it just seems like an odd choice as well because it could get lost in the shuffle of everything. Sure. But to each to each their own, I guess. How has uh this whole thing kind of is it changed you at all as distillers? Um, did it give you time to think about future products or future endeavors? Um, I know you're really busy, but I'm sure there's probably some like downtime in your head too to think about the future. Um, yeah, like in terms of product development, um, you would think that this, you know, we'd have a lot of time to think about stuff like that, but I mean, from getting here to when we're leaving, we're pretty much in the hand sanitizer game. Um, I have had some time to play around with some new flavors and some new ideas. We've got a new GM that is a great creative force that I've been able to bounce some ideas off with him. Um, I do have some things, we do have some things in the back burner that, that I'm looking forward to distilling um, when everything's up and running. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's really creatively, it's basically been overtaken by, the, by, by um, meeting the demands for the sanitizer, I would say. Um, yeah, um, yeah, for me, I think the biggest thing that I've taken from, from this in relation to the future is that if we can make this happen how we've made this happen i'm very confident that we could do anything that we wanted to <laughs> otherwise and i think that's been it's been a really cool learning experience just on that end to, to realize that you can rise to the challenge and, and, and meet these goals that you've put in place even in a short amount of time so i think it's if anything just made me more confident in our future that yeah, makes a lot of sense i mean this is probably strenuous adversity for your company adjusting to everything but knowing that you could do this what's the you know probably helpens up for a nice like very bright future too yeah for sure I, yeah, I, that's what that's what i i've really taken from it and makes me feel good about it yeah with the response of over three thousand distilleries across the world producing hand sanitizer for people who are in much need on the on the front lines when it comes to healthcare workers um, policemen first responders it's uh it's interesting to see that the distilling world is basically taking this on as a responsibility to make it not i mean not every distillery can transition their distillery into the right adjustments to create hand sanitizer but plus like yourself that have the stills and the capabilities to do it it's uh it's a nice uh, nice thing to be applauded um to all of you guys yeah, thanks. I think I think we all we all in the industry understand how you know how important and how and how great a lot of these craft distilleries are and, and all the work we put in. Um, but I think now the rest of the, the rest of the world seeing that and, and understanding us for for a real you know real industry, not just the boutique uh, you know um, uh, boutique industry that is only catering to to make money. We're part of the community. We're here to help and. And we really want want that to go across. It's amazing. Um, have you talked to other distilleries about this? Have you had conversations? A little bit. Um, one of our one of our old distillers has a has a uh, works as a head distiller at a place in California, and and he's he's going through similar stuff. So we've been bouncing ideas off of each other on on just sanitizer related things, and 
you know, it's crazy. He's like me. I, I asked him, I said, are you loving the sanitizer business? As much as are? He's like, oh man, this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's, it, it's a whole new business. So you have to learn all these new things and mm-hmm. new regulations and all this kind of stuff that, that you didn't have before. Um, so, you know, it is, it is a little stressful, but it's, it's been fun. Yeah, and it seems like everybody, had, like you said, new regulations. Um, the government's been working people pretty easy uh, to adjust to that and making sure that, you know, it's healthy, though. You're not, you're not making the wrong products out there. You're just not making anything that's not going to be beneficial um, to human beings or even hurtful to human beings. I'm sure that's probably the biggest responsibility you guys wanted to take on and, you know, when you're creating this, too, was making sure it was the right thing. The first batch we made, it wasn't it wasn't the WHO formula. It was just something I had seen from another distiller. Um <laughs> And, you know, it worked, but, you know, once, once uh, our owners were talking to me saying, Hey, we want to, we want to donate these to some hospitals. And so I'm like, well, let me, let me figure this out the right way before we just start giving it to hospitals. You know, you, you feel a sense of responsibility <laughs> at that point to give them, you know, effective, good stuff. Right. So that's where we got the WHO formula and started just producing to those specs. Yeah. So the original idea was basically just to make it for the community and smaller yeah. bottles. Well, so, you know, real small scale. You know, give away, you know, 100 bottles one weekend, see how it goes. <laughs> now, you know, 1,000 bottles a week. So. Just give away 100 drums, you know, yeah. whatever. Trying to get everything together, you yeah. know. That's crazy. Yeah, no, that's what I thought too when all distilleries first started announcing it. Uh, you guys being one of the very first ones as well. I'm like, oh, cool. We can go get like little bottles from them if we need to. And then it's next thing you see, it's like, oh, we're making giant bottles for the front lines because healthcare workers don't have it. And somehow all the big boss companies have them in the back shelves but aren't putting out to, for customers to purchase. Yeah, we've, we heard re- early on from a lot of different places saying, oh, yeah, I mean, they had they had orders in for from their normal suppliers for the sanitizer they were expecting it in and then last minute the government took it to give to certain hospitals mm-hmm. so they couldn't get their supplies and so they they needed it they were like hey guys we need something let's do it so we were really really able to help those people and and happy that, that we could awesome well i'm sure your community appreciates it and always obviously the surrounding states as well illinois they'll be getting it it sounds like very soon uh to support anybody that is in need of it so um on behalf of everybody in the entire world thank you thank you <laughs> yeah guys is there uh, anything else you wanted to hit on before um leaving any uh, partners you wanted to give a shout out to or anything like that um you know we're we're uh we're just, we just want people to know we're here. Uh, we're going to be making sanitizer for the foreseeable future. Um, we should have a good stock. Um, so if anyone has any need, feel free to reach out and we'd be happy to supply it. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, I appreciate the time and the conversation. Uh, definitely get this out there real soon so people know where to go um, in this tri-state area to get their local hand sanitizer. Yeah, and like I said, if uh, anyone in Illinois will be shipping to our distributor there, so they should be hopefully covering a good amount of the state as well. Will that be going into retail as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I saw like places, um, small, some of the smaller independent stores uh, selling it, um, like Bitter Pops, which I know you guys have a good relationship with. Yep. They were selling uh, Two Brothers uh, hand sanitizer, so maybe we can find that there. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, excuse me. Sorry about that. I thought I was going to sneeze and just didn't. <laughs> well, I appreciate the time, guys. I'm glad we could have a second journeyman conversation. Hopefully the third will actually be in person, quiet chambers, drinking a little whiskey as well, and enjoying a, a company that is uh, actually in person. Yeah, yeah sounds good. Well, guys, I uh, appreciate it, and uh, 
Good luck with the, the hand sanitizer game. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks. All right, All right guys. Cheers.